Hello and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast, episode number 75. I'm Sonia Wood and I'm very, very happy to tell you that Sylvie is here with me today. Now the last couple of episodes we've had to try and endure the technology and the struggles and the difficulties and the challenges of that. But we, we managed. And you know what? Today we tried again, didn't we? We so did. We tried. And it was, we actually, the two of us were just in giggles because I would say something and then every now and then when I asked Sylvie something on the phone call, mm. I tried to phone Sylvie so that we could record it that way like we've done the last few. And it just was hilarious because I would say something. Asked Sylvie something and she'd answer and I only heard, heard every third word with lots of blanks in between. Yes. And eventually, and then Sylvie would say, Sonia, hello. And I'd say, hello, Sylvie. And she'd say, hello, Sonia, are you there? And I'd say, are you there? And this is how it went. Very, very broken telephone style. So then we decided, let us maybe try the recording of the podcast on the veranda in the freezing cold night. <laughs> sit on the veranda and have our two and a half meters or whatever we must have and actually chat to each other. It's more like five meters apart. No, it's right not. Now. I measured it. Oh, you measured it. Yeah, it's not five. Five, you'd be done there. Okay. No, it's two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like five. It huh? does feel like five. <laughs> <laughs> so Sylvie came down. Sylvie lives on the top of the hill. And here we are and where we live. Sylvie and and myself live on a private nature reserve. Aren't we blessed? Very much. We are very, very blessed. And so Sylvie came down this time for us to chat. And I specifically wanted to chat to Sylvie today. I didn't want to say, okay, well, the technology beat us. We'll just have to not do a podcast. Remember, we, we, we sort of toyed with that. Maybe we just can't do it. But God has another plan because when we check with him, he said, uh-uh, you must do this. He cares for the people. And he wants us to share with them. So the thing that I know that he wants to share with them today, through you, Sylvie, is this question that at the end of our last podcast, we, you and I carried on chatting. We, after we'd finished recording, we were talking about Read Aloud. And we finished recording, and then you said, the next podcast we do, if we're going to do another one, if that happens, I really would like to talk to the moms about ticking the boxes. And I said, Okay. <laughs> You don't know what boxes are. And I didn't know really exactly what you meant, ticking the boxes. And we've chatted a bit more about it since then. And I've come to learn that ticking the boxes is like a checklist. You know, and actually, in fact, I should just know, because, you know, sometimes in technology, you've got to tick this box and tick that box to get to the next spot. So it suddenly became visual to me what you meant by ticking the boxes. But what made more sense to my mind was a checklist. Right. So you wanted to talk about that. And I just think what you shared with me was really valuable because I think a lot of people can relate to that. That experience you had of how it was before, how you ticked certain boxes and certain things you said really stood out for me, which I'd like to expound on a bit. But for now, if you wouldn't mind, can we just, it's, it's strange, hey, to have re, redo a conversation. Yes, we we redo the conversation. And now we're going to have the conversation again. <laughs> But if you can tell me, for the sake of the others that are listening, if you can tell me your experience of the ticking the boxes story. At some point, we purchased a curriculum mm -hmm. that um, told me, first you do this, then you do that, then following that you do this, and at the end of the day, you've ticked all your boxes and you could feel like, 
you've done enough for that day. And that that was kind of why we pursued a curriculum like that. We've, I felt like I needed a lot of hand-holding in my, in my home education journey. I really had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> and, and so we thought that purchasing this would, would provide some, some guidance for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it did work. It did see me through um, the year and, and I did tick all the boxes. <laughs> but at the end of the year, when I had to take a critical look at how my year had been, I realized that it wasn't about educating my children in as much as it was about getting all my boxes ticked every day. We never lingered at a subject. I never made enough time, if that makes sense. It was always like, come, we need to tick this box because there's the next box we need to tick. Oh, so the ticking the box became the priority. Became the priority over over my my children almost sure so when i realized that instead of the focus being on my children and their needs it is now this curriculum and what it told me to do and the boxes i needed to tick i knew something had to change because box ticking should not be your priority your children should be your priority after really thinking it through I started realizing that there was not really space within those boxes to really pray about what my children needed or to take any guiding or prompting from the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. because I already had planned out months in advance what this day would look like because this curriculum would say this page on this book, this page on that book, you chat about this, you do that. And I realized this is not actually what it's all about. So what what you said to me, one of the things that I wanted to pick up on was that you said to me that the um, ticking the boxes at the end of the year, you had a list of boxes ticked. That's what you had. Yes. And you realized what you've just explained. Right. But, but the difference between coming to the end of the following year where you had, I think you said you adjusted what priority, you still tick your boxes. That's one thing boxes. you said. You still tick your boxes, but you've changed the order of your boxes on the page. Was that right? Yes. Like I, we always start with Bible. Always. That's just a non-negotiable. And I like to have my Bible box <laughs> ticked. And the reason for that is that if we only get to that today, if all we do is read the Bible, I can go to bed that evening and feel like I've, I've had a good day. I feel fulfilled. Isn't that As a mom, I know I've done what God would have me do. Right. And that feels so much better than doing reading this page in the history book and this page in the science book and going to bed at night and knowing that, well, we've read the pages in the books. It, it doesn't have the same fulfillment for sure. me. Sure, that is so amazing. Right. So and, and then I do have my boxes. We do Bible and then we generally do our maths or our language and we, we go down the list and I tick my boxes. But it's not 
it's never the same as when you purchase a curriculum where all the boxes are already filled in for you. I can see and I can look at my children and I pray in the morning, like, what do my children need right now, today? What, what, is, what do they need? What do they need from me? And what is it that God would want me to share with them? And then it's almost like, you know, it kind of comes to you and mm. the, the Holy Spirit is in it and he guides you and he tells you what to see. My days are never scripted anymore by some curriculum I purchased, but it's mm. very much on my knees in prayer. It's guided by, by the Spirit. My direction no longer comes from a person that wrote this curriculum. My guidance comes now from my prayers and my guidance from God. And it feels so different. Well, you know, again, one of the things that I picked up when we were speaking after the previous podcast was that you had, we had spoken a little bit about how you had spent the whole morning doing Bible studies. And you, you also said after that, you can't tick that box. There's not a box to tick that says, right, we've done three hours of Bible study as such. I mean, you can't actually check that off and say, okay, that's that done because there's, it, it's too much more. Yes. Than ticking a box. You know, there's so much in it. That, that box doesn't actually exist. I think that's why I like the checklist because <laughs> <laughs> you can't put Bible study in a box, really, as, no, as, which no, is you, what you say. You, you can't really. But what I mean with, with the Bible box is that that's what we want to do first. Wow. It's not that it fits in the box. It doesn't fit in the no, box. It but I, it's, that's what we get to first. So if mm -hmm. we do... If we do our Bible, then I can walk away and feel that I've had a good day. Mm. That That's all it means. Now, this Bible study can go on and on. Like the other day, it was almost all morning. And it really felt like we've done enough that day. Although we didn't do maths and we didn't do language. And we didn't actually get to anything else that day. But it really felt like we had such a fulfilling mm. um, day. And it, it was so nice to experience that and I don't think I would have ever experienced it if I still was just doing somebody else's boxes and somebody else's idea of what I should be teaching my children mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does and I think that is why I wanted us to share today again and, and actually have this conversation again because again. <laughs> of the fact that I just really I really believe a lot of people can perhaps identify with been in that place where you where you're talking about where you were in the place where you had to tick all the boxes to feel like you were doing what you should do and I, I said to you when we had the previous conversation that I'm sure that was motivated by love and care and concern for your children because you're a loving parent and you want the best for your children and that was the best that you knew to give them was to make sure you ticked all their boxes and made sure that they did all their studies you know and you read all those pages and so it was motivated by that, and, and that is why you did it. But then you discovered something else. Yes. And your discovery of the other meaning being that ticking these boxes actually is not necessarily the best thing for my children, even though I started out with thinking that this would be the best for them. I must actually get all these boxes ticked, and I must make sure that they're getting well-educated. And I just think there might be many, many people, many parents that are feeling like that, you know, and they haven't maybe yet experienced the freedom. Like you've actually have freedom from the curriculum being your master, if I may say. Right. And now God is your master and you're putting him first and saying, okay, Lord, what is important to you today? Not what is important to me to tick 
a box that the curriculum says I must tick. And the difference between those two is incomparable. You can't, you can't even start to compare them. There is, there is no way you can compare the difference between being guided by what's important to God today versus being guided by what's important to some system or some, some other person that's, as you say, you put it so well when you said that somebody else scripted the day for you, yes. scripted your day for you, and that whoever scripted that can't know what you're facing in your day. No. But God does he know. There's the thing, you see. So when you take time to stop and ask him, okay, what is important to you today? When you do that and you say it just comes to you, you just feel led. You feel this inspiration come or you feel this insight come that, oh, maybe I need to spend a bit of extra time with this one particular child because maybe that's what – and you didn't know that before you went to ask him. You maybe, as you say, had your day planned already, set mm -hmm. out, and the next day and the next day and the next day, and you're missing your children that way. You're missing their needs, aren't you? Absolutely. As, as yeah. you were saying when you were speaking about it just now. So I just think that maybe if some people might feel a little bit, um, as some parents that are listening might feel a little bit, but I don't quite know how to do that. They might be. They might be saying, but... But I'm a bit nervous. Oh, hang on. I've just remembered something. You used a, a phrase that I want to use now, and that you said, ticking boxes was my comfort. Yes, it was. That's what you said. Yes. So now how do you get out of that place that's a comfort? It was actually your comfort. Because my comfort was misplaced. How can you place comfort in boxes? Your comfort should come from the Lord. Right. So now before you say one more word, <laughs> I just want to say that <laughs> that there in itself, I'm hoping, their parents are just going to go, okay, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that, what I just heard now, and I'm just going to apply it. We, because the thing is, there's fear, isn't there? there? I mean, did you feel any sense of, oh, is it okay if I jump out of this comfort zone? And was, was there any fear pulling away from that? Or did things just happen to cause you to turn your priority list upside down, you know, and put things in a different order? What happened to help you to go from the ticking those boxes that were led by scripted somebody else to going to God for direction. What? How did that happen? So I don't. I don't think there was any fear leaving the boxes behind. Okay. But there was a lot of fear when I started out with the home education journey because mm. I didn't know. I just didn't know. Oh, so, so the boxes I, became your comfort. So I purchased the boxes and that told me exactly what to do but like I mentioned when I looked back on the year I just okay. realized that this this is just not what it's all about ticking these boxes so there was no fear leaving the boxes behind okay, okay. that's it um, people now also mustn't think that I have no schedule or no nothing whatsoever because <laughs> that that's also not not the truth um, like because you still example, like a checklist, don't you? Yes, like my maths will will just do the next lesson the next day. So in a way, that is a box or a schedule that I or or the next item that I can tick off. The same thing for language. We just do the next lesson, the next day or the next time we do language. So there there is still something to guide me through. Even with our Bible reading, we just read the next chapter or chapters and we work through we see what questions come up and we see just what we are guided to share 
we don't actually ever go in our Bible reading with a, with a plan. We pray and we kind of know what chapters we're going to read, but we, we pray and then somehow we know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but things like our maths and our language, they are in, in a way more scripted because I know I can go to the next lesson and there's there's a there's a comfort in that it's I don't have to go and figure it out I don't have to start from scratch and you know do everything I, I just have those curriculums that I can just go to the next lesson so it's not like I have no guidance whatsoever okay but I don't have this 20 boxes to tick anymore so my day is not tick the box come children quickly pay attention because mommy needs to check this this box mm. there is okay we start with bible we don't know that just happens however long it takes then we go and do our formal lessons i know exactly what to do we go to our, our next lesson and then the rest of the day that's a lot of prayer there's some idea of where i want to go but more often than not, it never really happens the way I had planned. Mm. Um, and and there's, there's a comfort in that too, because God always knows better. Yes, exactly. So there is this freedom in the way that I do it, things now versus I did it with my boxes. Do you know what I think it is? I think you put your trust in him. Right. I think because you put your trust in him and you trust him that he knows better, Right. And you trust him that the day is going to be according to him because you're actually going to him and say, okay, what is this day about now? What, you know, and you are, you're calling on him. Mm. And because of that, you're trusting the outcome with him. And at the end of the day, you're going, well, look at that. This day was amazing. But if you'd left him out of your day, right. then it, you would know the difference. You would see, oh, well, look, my perfectly planned day didn't actually quite work out quite as well as had I given it to him. Right. And, and by the way, those of you who can't see, I can see Sylvie right now, and I know you can only hear, and she's just sitting nodding very um, positively <laughs> in agreement. <laughs> but, you know, I just want to come back a little bit to the uh, maths. You know, you were talking about how you don't even have to plan the maths because you just go to the next lesson. Right. And we always have to bring up this formal we do. aspect because it's such a – big part of people's concern right. and I really get it parents don't want to just be neglectful of their children's education as far as their academic education is concerned and and you have found this lovely balance now where you put your priorities in this order you've been sharing but you don't neglect the maths and the language and the formal but at the same time you don't have to worry about them because you know when you go to them the next lesson is there Yes. And I think that there's something in that and the fact that there are some curriculum that are putting parents into a different box, if we can call it that, whereby the curriculum is saying that they must do this today. Yes. Even the maths, if they just have the maths, let's just talk maths only now. And it might be that the maths curriculum says the child is this age, they're doing this grade, they must do this by this time. And so now, they, now they're struggling to, uh, the parent is struggling to keep up with the requirement of the curriculum or keep their child up with the requirement of the curriculum and whatever it might be. And then something happens in that family's home. Somebody falls ill or something happens, we, you know, that was not planned and not expected. And now the parent is under even more pressure because they know that they're not getting to what the curriculum said they had to achieve. And so I think what happens in home education with some parents is the fact that 
if the child was in school, the parent has that comfort of knowing in spite of their crisis, in spite of the thing that is unexpected that's happening in their life, their child's education is at least taken care of. That's how they see it. And I don't know why you're pulling those faces. Because, <laughs> because I have heard that in, in school they never finish the book anyway. So oh. There's this, I think, perceived misconception that in okay. school they would do a better job or learn more or at least finish the book. And that's, that's not necessarily true. Oh, you see, I'm just, I'm just trying to see it how where the parents' anxiety might be. And I'm thinking maybe their references and what yeah. you're bringing and another side to that and you're saying, but maybe that's uh, perceived incorrectly. It misplaced trust again, I oh, think. Right. They trust in the school system. They trust the school system. Be. And I don't know, my children aren't in the system, but I have heard that they don't necessarily finish a book. So if you don't finish a book, well... I, the curriculum that we do just says do the next lesson. And, mm. if and it's not is, graded and it's color-coded, right. so that and takes away all that pressure. Exactly. Yeah. And if there is a crisis or we don't get to it that day, there's actually no crisis where the maths is concerned because when we get back to it, the next lesson is waiting for us. And we don't do a book in a school year. Yeah. We don't. That's like so foreign for us. We just start at the beginning and we work our way through and whenever we're through, that's when, when we start the, the next, next level. The next level, and yeah. we have finished our books in I don't know February. We have finished our books in June. It's it just whenever it, they work at their own pace. Mm. So that's not something that is is putting any stress on me. I, I don't perceive that the same as those boxes. I know it's okay. it's it's a comfort for me. It's there. It's the next lesson. And if something happens and we don't get to it, like the other day, we did the entire morning, we did Bible. We didn't get to the mats. That's fine. It was still waiting for me the following day. Yes. And that, that was fine. And you know what's so important about this is that if you couldn't get to it the following day because the crisis or because of life happening in a way that you didn't expect, the last thing that you'd be concerning yourself with, I mean, I'm speaking from my own personal yeah. experience now, but I would like to just bring a little bit of that in now, and that is to say that what we're talking about is the way I knew raising our children in home education was the way of no boxes, because I couldn't have boxes. So even if I'm a tick-the-list person, and even if I like to have order and I like to see to it that it's done, because that's my personality, I wasn't able to allow that to be my comfort or my guard because my days were so unexpected every single day. <laughs> I woke knowing that this day is going to be a day that I can only do if I call on him. I can only get through this day with his help. And so because of that, my day was directed by him. And not because I'm more insightful or I knew to do this, or just because my circumstances were so dictating it that way basically it was that my survival <laughs> was to go to God and to get through the day with him and because of that we then experienced the um the, the fullness and and the freedom of being able to experience a day directed and led by him entirely whereby we the value of that was 
so exceeding anything else that even if I tried to go back, even if I tried to say, oh, but what about this or what about that, and tried to put a plan in place, it was so quickly demolished because of you know emergencies and what have you that I never really could get the the, the, the long-term experience of what you're sharing with us, as in you went through a period of time where that is what governed you. Yes. And so I'm so grateful that you can share that other side because in my own personal experience, right from the beginning of the very first child, there was trauma and there was crisis. And so there was, there, there was no way that as a parent, I'm going to be concerning myself with my child's maths ability when actually this could be her last down earth. Right. So all that concerned me was actually teaching her of her savior. And because that's all that was my priority, when I had done that, there was, interestingly, time for the other academic stuff to come in because I didn't just completely neglect it. I knew that I had the responsibility as a parent to raise these children and, and equip them for their adult life. God wanted me to do that. So I had the resources to help me achieve that, like what you say, the comfort of just knowing it's there. So what happened with us is because we were just constantly in kind of a state of crisis, really, or some sort of trauma of health, it's not your everyday kind of living where you're doing infusions every day for your child to live. I mean, that's not just sort of standard, you know, so... So what happened is, is the formal education only sort of became an afterthought at the end if there was time. And what happened, the result of that wasn't that you had an uneducated person. That wasn't the result. The result was, oh, look at this. Now we're having a really good patch of health. And all of a sudden, we just went through three levels of language lessons in the space of 18 months instead of three years. Which is that's what, how it happens. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. Exactly. So, so and and if I had spent any time concerning myself, which I can see how parents would, because they would be thinking about, oh, but what about the, you know, when they exiting home education? What about when you know they need to get this and this? I can understand why they would, how they could be thinking like that. But because our circumstances were so that it caused me to think about what if this was the last day I had with this person? That's all I could think about. And, and so I'm not going to take my maths book into ICU. No. No, no. I'm going to take my Bible. <laughs> you, you see, so, and, and because of that, I, I could not have lists. Lists and ticking boxes would have been completely destructive because I wouldn't have been able to tick the boxes that were on my list. But on God's list, they were all being ticked. Yeah, If you can see, you know, being an ICU, I've shared this in one of the books that I wrote where I said, ICU, he showed me one day that he was saying, R as in God, C as in S-E-E, U. Yeah. That's what he showed me when I was sitting in ICU one day feeling sorry for myself. That's very comforting. Yes. But the thing is, I didn't take my maths book in there and I didn't concern myself with that person's um, adulthood and their education. I concerned myself with today. And because of that, what then, well, I say because of that, my experience of that was this huge value, this huge depth of, um, of freedom. I don't know. I don't know how. You can't really find think, words to describe I, the fullness. I, I think actually. you hit a nail on the head with the freedom. There is such freedom when you, when you reach that point. And you know that I, 
I so understand what you're talking about yes, because you my son, he was also in ICU. And I mean, the last thing on our mind was <laughs> maths. <laughs> but I remember so clearly thinking like, because we were told he was not going to make it through the night. Right. And uh, the only thing I could think about is, does my child know where he's going? Does he know Jesus? Does he? And I could feel all my failure as a mom because I was like, I didn't do what God told me to do. I didn't. Did I? Did I really? Did I? Was that my priority? And I had to say, no, it wasn't. Reading Bible wasn't the priority at that point. I was stressed with worldly things and I really had to like meet God in the ICU if my child died then I don't know you have to trust that you know God we we serve a, a loving God so nothing wrong would have happened but when you meet God face to face like that and you you see it so clearly and there is an immense freedom in that. You're like freed from all these worldly concerns. And you can see so clearly that there's only really one concern. And that is, does your child know Jesus? Because at the end of the day, you and I were battling this out in ICU. But what is the difference from our day to day now? You don't know when is your last day here. No. You just don't know. You just are more aware of that in an ICU setting. Yes. But every day could be your last. ICU opens your eyes and you see things. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So your priorities and the way you look at things just changes so drastically. And I think that's that's part of the reason why it's so, I would say, easy with coiting. <laughs> it's not easy, but it's it comes easier to see what is important and what is secondary. Mm -hmm. And with secondary, I don't mean that it's not important. It's still important, but it's not the most important. Yes, it's not on, not on the list. You're not just ignoring it. And so, you know, I'm just thinking now something that you said that when you were in ICU, you really came face to face with God on the question to yourself is, have I given the priority God needed me to give? for imparting him, he is this boy's creator. He made him, and have I as a parent given to this boy, this son that God gave to me, have I given what God, to him what God wanted me to? And you, you were faced with that question. I think, what, what, as you're saying that, I'm realizing something, and that from the moment of birth of our first child, that question that you were faced with in ICU when your child was what age six or seven years he was four four only four yeah only four so four years had passed okay yes so what happened with us is not even as much as four days had passed when we weren't faced with that mm. and so now what are you going to do about this so you see right from the absolute birth of Getting. this child there was this awareness that you are talking about that you that you hadn't asked you and this is why I think we need to share this with people we need to to let parents know that we discovered this amazing liberty in the greatness of putting God as our priority and the the good that comes from that and how different it looks to what you said just now when the world was the world and the structures of the systems and whatever the expectations and requirements of that 
were the thing that guided you. And when that wasn't anymore and it was now God that was guiding you, the difference, we can't describe it. We, you have to live it to know it. It's very hard to put, to put it to words mm. because, you, like you say, you really do have to live it. You can't really explain what it feels like to sit around the kitchen table with your children and your Bible open and you don't have a clue what you're going to tell these children. And you pray and you read your chapter and all of a sudden there's all these words coming out. of It's not my mouth. It's actually my husband that does it. So okay. I'm, it's, it's generally okay. he mouth. gets it, his mouth. So all these words start coming out and, and you think like, wow, where did this come from? Mm. But you know where it comes from. It's, it's like the spirit guiding you in, in what to say. And it will be exactly what your children need. Mm -hmm. for that day mm -hmm. and that's that's why I feel you can walk away from that Bible reading and, and the lesson you walk away from it fulfilled yes and the rest that you do in the day that's just cherries on top and it's bonuses cherries. and stuff cherries that you feel you have to do and... exactly yeah <laughs> and if you don't have it it's okay that's absolutely fine it's nice to have but if you don't have it it's okay yeah, it is absolutely fine. It, and I think this is very significant what and very pertinent what we're talking about right now because of the situation we're in with this pandemic. Mm. And the thing that I have been noticing in the pandemic is a new kind of panic of parents, a, a panic that um, want, what I'm wanting to say to the parents is, please don't panic. This, is a, this can be a precious time. This can be a gift to you. This time can be a, an opportunity for you to have with your children that you otherwise wouldn't have had. I mean, when when, and however. <laughs> I mean, I asked my parents the other day who are in their 80s, have you ever experienced anything remotely like this in the 80 years you've been on this planet? And they said Not, nothing even remotely close to this. Mm. And the thing is, it is so rare, it's so unique, it's so unusual, it's, it has so many negatives to it. It's disturbing and it's worrying and all those things. But then let's look on the other side and see the good that we can actually attain in this time. And so that's what I want to just so encourage parents to, to just say, well, let's just embrace this time. Let's just say this is a gift. This is a time that we can actually look at what you're saying, sit around our kitchen table with our children because we're not having to rush out the door and go rushing through the day and at the end of the day it's fallen into bed and it's the next day and you don't even know that you haven't even stopped to pray. You don't even know. You don't even think about it. You don't even consider whether you've actually got God's priorities and God's order or not because your day is just a rush. Right. That, that is how parents have been experiencing life. And now they sing at home and going, you know, well, now what am I to do? And they, they, their concern is their children's academic educational well-being that's what their concerns are and because that's what they know yes. but what about us suggesting to them to put that aside and actually use this time as a time to be glad for if that's possible yes. I'm not saying be glad for the pandemic I'm saying no, be glad yeah. for the opportunity to have a very very unique time with your family you know with your children and and to sit with them and um play with them. I mean, we've spoken about this, board games, yeah, yeah. and, and you know, we that's another thing. We're so passionate about that. Because we, you know why? Because we found the value in it. 
That's one. We played Battleship today. Did you? <laughs> we did. Did you have fun? We did, yeah. It was good fun. It's always fun when we play games. It's always fun. But that, yeah. that's that's a rabbit hole. Okay, let's, that's not... Another, yes, let's not go there because we, you and I could talk about that until the sun came out tomorrow morning. Tomorrow, at the moment, we're sitting in the dark, by the way, everybody. And it's we very cold. It's very cold. <laughs> I can see you starting to tuck your hands under your legs to keep them warm, as I'm doing, you see? Yeah, we said, well, I'm sitting here wrapped up in blankets while I talk to Sylvie on the veranda because we are not going to go inside where it's nice and warm because that wouldn't be right because we have to be careful. You see now, I don't know, you know you know what? If, if we weren't in a pandemic, we would be inside now. Yes, we would be inside. We would be. We probably have the fire going and that would be that and that's what we know. But instead, we're sitting out in the cold. Yeah. And, and but look at the view. I was just going to say, and we're seeing <laughs> the little twinkly lights over there on the horizon, and we're listening to the silence. It's different. I heard the crickets just now, but everything's quiet now. Yeah, very quiet. It's different, but it's different good. Yeah. That's the thing. I was just saying to this morning, we were sitting chatting as a family, and I was just saying, I'm, I'm actually taking time to ponder on the good that is coming through this pandemic, you know, the good that's coming from it, out of it. And I can see a lot of good. Can you? I can see good, definitely. That yeah. mm. there's always this, this little nagging voice, you know, like, I don't like it when people suffer. There's this nagging voice, little voice, like shame. A lot of people are are suffering, and it's hard times out there. It so is. We can't, we can't definitely can't make light of, of that, and no. you can't just say it's good when there's people that are really experiencing right. experiencing incredible hardship. But yeah. that's not to mean it's bad, though. That's what I'm saying. Is that no. hardship doesn't automatically mean it's bad? It doesn't. And we, we would know a thing or two about hardship, right? Yes. <laughs> so no, it's, it's definitely, it's not bad. And I really pray that a lot of people will, will find the good in this. You have to be, you also have to be open to it. You have to pray to see it. It won't just come, mm -hmm. I don't think, mm -hmm. if your mindset isn't, it's like, oh, this is all bad and why is this happening and... Well, then that's how it's going to be. It's going to be that. If that's how you're seeing it, then right. it will be that. Yeah. So you do have to open yourself. To be more intentional, to try and look for the good. That's what I was saying to yeah. the family this morning. Let's find the good because we need to because there's, <laughs> you know. We do. This week. Oh, my goodness. You would think that actually Oikos, Oikos would just, you just wonder how it even carries on because it can only be God. Because this week, everything that can stop Oikos has had a go at stopping Oikos. Do you, do you, it's, I mean, if I went into the detail of it, you, it would be hard to believe. But you're still going. Well, because he says so. He, this, a, time, a time such as this when we need to actually be doing what he has called us to do, and that is care for the people and encourage them to raise the children that he's given them for him, for his purpose. That's what he wants us to do, and that is the calling, and that is what we'll do. And we have got everything in the natural. I mean, I can't think of something left <laughs> to not, <laughs> but there probably, there might be some new thing that will come up, but it's just astoundingly unreal that 
so much can be wrong, can be going wrong, you know, as in um, practically. I mean, I mean, just take a little example of today. We we go to do a podcast. The minute we're going to start, the power goes the off. The power goes. <laughs> no, no warning, just jink, no power for anybody anywhere. Off it goes. And in South Africa, for those of you who are listening outside of South Africa, we have something in this country called load shedding, where our power supplier turns the power off for a couple of hours from whatever times to spread the load. That's why it's called load shedding, so we can all share the power between us all. And this is something that has been happening for how long now? A few years. Oh, eh? A few years, yes. And it's, it's, it comes and goes, but they recently started again just mm. the other week. So now when the power goes, you think, no chatting again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so South Africans who are listening are very familiar with this word load shedding. It actually basically, they understand what that means. But when your power goes off at a weird time that isn't according to the load shedding schedule, you go, oh no, what is this now? It could be some big fault, you know, that's going to take. I mean, the last time our power went off, it was 12 hours. Yes, it was a long time. Maybe longer, actually. It Maybe was 40. longer. Yeah. It was. I remember it was a long time. A couple of weeks ago, it was we, all through the night, and, and then the next day, the next day, and it, yeah. I think it came back on around lunchtime. But you see, we say we say a long time, and yet I was speaking to somebody earlier this week that said they hadn't had power for a few days. Wow. Then I spoke to somebody else. No, no, no. I didn't speak to this person, but somebody else in Mozambique um, sent their newsletter, and they were saying they don't have power for sometimes six days in a row. And so they run a ministry in Mozambique. And so this is what they do when they don't have power. They've got all these backup plans, you know, of when they don't have power. And here we are going, and we didn't have power for a day and a half, you know. <laughs> and, and we don't have power for two days. But anyway. We sound so a little bit spoiled, aren't we? Yes, like. we are spoiled. <laughs> and, so, and so when we were going to do our podcast, what happened? The power went off. And then we decided, well, we're not going to let that stop us. And we tried another way and that didn't work. And then we tried another way. And here we are sitting yes. on our veranda getting colder by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we should wrap it up literally so we can go and wrap ourselves up. Right. Um, have you got anything more you wanted to share? Um, it's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Your, your brain is freezing over. Okay. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Yes, sure. Um, thank you for listening, everyone that's listening. Please leave me a comment. It would be really nice to hear what you're thinking about the things we're chatting about. Yeah, um, it, would be good. it would be a real encouragement to us because it's, it's difficult to just chat and not know Um for me, it is. I know Sonia can just keep talking and talking and talking, but it doesn't come that natural to me. I don't know me. how to take that, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, um, leave us a comment. And um, I do really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Yes, um, it's, I do too. It's very humbling to know that somebody is actually taking the time and, and listening to all our, our um, ramblings and stuff we have to say. So thank you. Thank you for joining us. And as Sylvie said, I would also just like to say we really, really do value and appreciate your time and your having taken the time to listen to this. And we would appreciate the comments because it, we would then know if this has been supportive and helpful and encouraging. But comments or no comments, we know that God wants you to know what's important to him. And so all we're doing is sharing what we have discovered, what's important to him, what we in our own personal lives. It's, it's different in every individual. But overall, that is 
what, why we are sharing with you is because we want to leave that with you. What is important to God? And if you can spend some time on thinking about that, that would be just fantastic. So thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate you. And we hope to be sharing with you on the next podcast. I hope you will be with me on the next podcast, Sylvia. Oh, definitely. It's such a treasure to have you. You're one of the treasures. That, you know, we're doing the treasure hunt theme this year. Right. You're right. one of those treasures. Oh. <laughs> so thank you for being with us. And let's hope next time is less challenging. And even if it isn't, we will just do it anyway. We hope. That sounds, that's what we hope. That's what we try for, hey? Absolutely. And it's, it's a real pleasure to do these podcasts with you. Oh, well, thank you. And it's wonderful having you with us. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Until the next podcast, then, bye for now.